Hello and welcome to the Toucan Echo podcast. I'm Harry. I'm James. And we're Toucan Echo. How's it going, James? <laughs> Good, thank you. Um, those of you watching on a video form, YouTube, you'll, uh, you'll see that our setting has become more homely, more... What's that Danish word? Hoogie. Higgie. Hoogie. <laughs> <laughs> become more hoogie. Um, we are... Sat next to a log burning stove right now, drinking some wine. Harry's in his dressing gown attire, and we're going to discuss things. Yeah. So maybe we should explain the setting of the podcast, because although they won't be able to see it on the audio version, they'll hopefully be able to hear some crackle of some flames. So, me and James are currently in the south of France. It's November. We're in a tiny village where all the houses don't have heating. Mm-hmm. So we've got wood burners instead. There's a church <laughs> that rings every hour. We are really getting down with the with the locals, integrating. We We're said not. bonjour to a few people today. <laughs> and then they said, how are you? <laughs> I froze. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? How yeah, are you? You got, you got well uh, ratted out. <laughs> it's all straight through you. Uh, what was how are you? Uh, ça va? Ça va, yeah. I didn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, mercy. I don't think I was particularly polite because all I could think of was good thanks. There <laughs> <laughs> was a really friendly Frenchman washing his van in the in this tiny village. We were just like, hi, good, thanks, and then walked off. But hey, we're English, we're trying our best. <laughs> Other languages are a disaster for us. Mm. So we're basically taking some time between what was a very busy October where we had the gig and uh, in our personal lives we're moving out of London into Leeds so we were sourcing all sorts of stuff mm. um, and we basically escaped to France to finish the album yeah much like Oasis did when they were escaping the paparazzi <laughs> I did not think you make an Oasis reference <laughs> <laughs> Harry's not the biggest Oasis fan but now they're, now they're his inspiration in terms of I was reading about Oasis. But are you talking about their third album, or was that a different one? I can't remember was which one now? it was. It was a late. It was maybe it was their fourth album. I, think I was reading about Be Here Now because that got like got reissued like semi recently, mm. um, and I hadn't listened. I ne- not actually ever listened to that album before. Uh, but everyone mm. just said it's just like just cocaine excess. <laughs> the sort of just you think everything you do is amazing, and he did like <clears throat> fifty guitar tracks on some of them. It just it's the most ridiculous sounding thing. Oh my god, <laughs> it's a. Uh, I haven't listened. What's, what's on B now, James? Do you remember what, what, um, are, the, what are the standouts? Uh, Stand By Me. That's Stand probably the most, most famous. Yeah. Um, and the one that changes key like five times. Oh, champ- no. What's it called? All Around the World. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. His voice is still sounding amazing, though. Like, I, I do think his voice is incredible. I've got like a memory of when I was younger and went into the hard rock cafe in Dublin and just like they were playing some loud Oasis song. I was just like, wow. Maybe it was the first time I'd heard Oasis. It's I was like, wow, this guy's got like the, the I mean, perfect rock voice, and I still sort of think that. Yeah, because I, I know a few people that really don't think highly of Liam Gallagher's, or Noel Gallagher's. No, it's Liam, isn't it? He yeah, does Liam, all the, yeah. the, the good vocals. I think his vocals are incredible, but I'm a big Beatles mm. fan, and he's sort of half John Lennon, half um, Johnny Rotten from Sex Pistols. <laughs> he anyway. said himself. <laughs> um, um, that was Oasis. <laughs> No, anyway. no, we, we, we can reveal um, our position on Oasis, the, the Toucan Echo position on Oasis. I don't think they're very good. <laughs> <laughs> I like them, but I like the Beatles. They're, they're massively overrated. Um, Blur's a much better band. 
and in terms of like Britpop, Stone Roses way better. There's just so Stone many. Stone Roses Britpop. Well, they sort of like inspired it because Stone Roses. And then a bit before. Yeah, like '89 is when Stone Roses self-titled came out, and that mm. just people went mental for it. Mm. Um, yeah, so they're a funny band. Mm. They are a weird one. They sound so ahead of their time, though. They, yeah. that, like that record is basically timeless. Mm. So good. And sort of, they're one of those bands where you could say all their songs sound the same, except they don't. And also, mm. that sound is like quite. Unique, it's iconic and good, mm. so it's not necessarily bad that they sound similar. But then also, those album, uh, those tracks <coughs> on the album are different. Mm. The guitar playing is great, like one guitar player, like, yeah, lot of yeah, it's it's good when a band has one guitar player and people don't notice, like it's, Andy Summers, it's and the drummer, even Brian May and it's Queen the and stuff. It's the drummer, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, Stuart Copeland in the police. Backs up. Oh, makes the guitar play look good, you mean? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> and then um, Renny of the Stone Roses, absolutely unbelievable. Mm. So, what's unbelievable about him is he just keeps got absolutely keep like the his time. feel is ridiculous, and it's such a subtle thing. I because I, I didn't really notice when I first got into the Stone Roses, mm. um, but there's there's a kind of funny thing is like Stone Roses are a massive band, um, and no bands ever really cover them. Mm. Because they can't, because it's so hard oh, for the really? drummers to actually play like Rennie huh. does. Um, Didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at least that's why I think it's hard to cover bands like Stone Rose right. and the Police. I mean, Police have got a unique sound because of other reasons as well. Mm. But, um, yeah. Yeah, Police are very unique. Like, if you're covering them, you have to study it quite. It's not sort of like a Bruce Springsteen song or something where you can kind of do it at like a wedding. Like people do message in a bottle and stuff, but mm. to really like get that sound is quite hard because they're, you know, three piece putting mm. out the sound. Yeah, because yeah. we were going to cover a Stone Roses song in an old band. You were going to yeah, sing she it. She bangs the drums. Yeah, yeah I bang the drums. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we never got round to it, but now I know why. <laughs> yeah, we could. We couldn't get it to sound right. Couldn't get it to sound right. Anyway, like um. Like Oasis, we have escaped, um, retreated into the middle of nowhere in south of France um, through, you know, well, through someone you knew had a house here. And we Family were, connections. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're th- they use it in the summer. No one's using it in the freezing cold yeah, winter. Yeah, because it's so, so we're like, we'll go. Because <laughs> it's freezing cold. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's just a retreat to finish off the album because it's, it's been a hard one to finish, but we are definitely making progress from being uh, siloed off from the world. It's so cheesy to just go yeah. to the middle of nowhere to like focus on creativity, but it does work. Yeah. <laughs> um, you remove all your distractions and you get like a new surrounding and suddenly you can like do mm. a new approach. So yeah, we've retreated to finish the album. It's going well because literally yesterday finished the first draft of all the like mixes of the <coughs> album. So it's the first time that the album's all been put together. Mm-hmm. It's reasonably close, I'd say 95% of the way there, um, like with some final tweaks to the songs after we've listened to them for a while. Um, and my beta testers. <laughs> I sent it to some friends who'd uh, either asked about it or um, uh, uh, might actually helped us on the album. She did some strings on one of the songs. So, um, mm. so yeah, but we got them listening to it as well. That's exciting <laughs> stuff. It's exciting stuff. Having the masters finished, we're going to do a listening session at some point this evening, where we listen to it all the way through for the first time, at least for me. I haven't listened to it all the way through. I've not actually listened to it all the way through either. Mm. I listen to the demos quite a lot, um, but not 
because <clears throat> it's sort of meant to be gapless in places as well so mm. um, there is a benefit to listening all the way through and that's very exciting um, especially like especially for me because I've listened to it always in the context of mixing like always in the context of oh the congas are a bit loud there there's some congas on some songs um, <laughs> you know that vocal's a bit trebly like gotta go in and fix that and now like it's bounced out and there's still things that I, where I feel like oh, I'll tweak that and I'll tweak that but I can just sort of and I put like a, the work in progress cover art on it and just go like right this is what like the album might sound like rather than like yeah. mix version 10 box up mm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah so that's a, that's been hard work but it's really exciting we got there <laughs> very satisfying we got um, there how long has it been? 8 months? <laughs> I think it's been longer like I mean, we wrote the songs in 2020, so if you go from like when we wrote the songs, it's been a long time. Mm. But from deciding to make an album, I think that was February or maybe early March, because yeah. we did a few weeks of pre-production before we started recording yeah. in late March. So since we started recording, it's been about eight months. Yeah, what a journey. Um, but doing it part-time around like other jobs and stuff. Um, mm. So I still think that's pretty good going. Not bad. It takes Not bad it's five years to make an album. And we're like, why is it not done in three months? <laughs> it's because one of our inspirations, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Yeah, they knock out five a month. I think it was twenty seventeen. They released five albums. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy yeah. talk. They're actually good as well. Like, yeah, I know. It's not like <laughs> just any old trash they threw onto a tape recorder. Like, there's actually some cool songs. Yeah, and they're all like different um, styles. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's exciting. And we got a title. Yeah. I think I did mention it to the email list as a work in progress title. Really? Ago, yeah. I oh. said we might call it this, or no, you know, maybe back in June or something. Yeah. Um, but publicly, are we going to announce it? Yeah, of course we are. The album is called Headless Re- Restless. I really botched that, James. <laughs> Do you want to have a go? <laughs> Take two. <laughs> yeah, the album's going to be called Headless Slash Restless. But we'll... Refer to it in speech as Headless Restless. Mm. Um, it's, we did struggle to come up with a title for it. Um, it was quite hard to put a name on all the... Mm. and It always felt like a cohesive thing. And we literally, like, in February or March, put, like, all this paper, like, little scraps of paper out on the floor yeah. and like, arranged it into an album. So it's literally... And we recorded the songs in that order and we mixed them in that order, basically. And mm. So it has been designed to be an album, but we never had a title for it <laughs> and that's been quite hard um, it's such a weird thing about album titles like it's you want to have a title of this piece of work that is it is cohesive in the end but it's mm. not really like the themes weren't originally meant to be sort of displayed together it's almost like a snapshot of where we are and where we have been over the last couple of years mm. but that doesn't necessarily tie in nicely to one sort of theme yeah. so to title it is quite challenging yeah and especially because it feels like a big part of an album. Mm. It's what people are going to call it for the rest of eternity. Mm. It's just quite a weird process, tasting an album. Yeah. We've never been that good at it. No, we haven't. <laughs> Trace the Halo. Terrible. I've already forgotten that. Walk to Circus. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> Headless Restless. Will we hate it? Probably eventually. Yeah. But for now... In a year's time, we'll come back to you. <laughs> but for now, I quite like it. I think it actually does sum up like some of the broader themes like in the mm. in the album i mean the truth is it was written like during lockdown and during sort of i guess turbulent times and 
not mm. just turbulent times, but like times where you can't really like go outside or like expand your horizons that much. Like yeah, everything felt restricted. I think I talked about this before on the podcast, but it's like it's not just that you physically were restricted. You had to stay in indoors or like you couldn't meet up with your friends or, or whatever. Mm. Um, it's like you felt confined like kind of more in your head than being able to go outside and kind of enact what you imagine you wanted to do or kind of chase your dreams or whatever cheesy thing it is mm. so um and sort of combined with that is like getting more into meditation and that sort of stuff like uh, um and one of the things of meditation is having no head so being headless um so i quite like the idea of headless restless and headless is not necessarily it's actually it's not meant, meant to be like headless chicken kind of panic <laughs> Um, even that's what it sounds like I actually think of it as this like having no head meditation mm. thing where like you're actually trying to get out of your head and this idea that it's all about I and I, I think in certain places and stuff you imagine or what if you didn't have a head like you know where would all your thoughts come from and stuff um, well well you have a very different interpretation of the title <laughs> okay what do you I interpret did. it as <laughs> well I, I actually go for more of that headless chicken panic approach not mm. quite that extreme but some of the times that I think are most important um, in my experience, the times when I <laughs> I don't have much of a direction, I don't know where to go. I feel a bit headless, and when I feel headless, I'm a bit uncomfortable. I'm restless, and that um, you know, when, when, when I feel like that, I want to put in the work to actually figure out where I'm going and mm. understand a bit more about myself mm. to get back to that state of not being headless <laughs> and Headful. therefore not being restless. Yeah. So the times where I feel like I have the most improvement over sort of my yeah the times where I improve the most mm. are those times where I don't particularly have much of a direction I'm mm. a bit sort of on edge so while it's uncomfortable in the moment you look mm. back and you benefit from those times oh interesting I take yeah <coughs> I have like it's interesting that you see the headless bit as being bad but the restless bit as being a way to solve the headlessness if, if yeah. I interpreted that right yeah pretty much whereas I see it as like um the headless bit, which <laughs> the headless bit being kind of uh, zen in the moment, observation, kind of dreamy, and then restless being, I, I guess, um, agitated, but also a little bit of um, like kind of how you're using it as well, like ambition, restless to like mm. move forward. So, because mm. sometimes I find a contradiction in like meditation of like, oh, all life is is just a series of moments, and all you have to do is just sit back and <laughs> absorb the moment. <laughs> And like that's all that life is, and mm. um, that's a bit. Twirl. But part of me is yeah. quite quite restless to go on and like do things. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think our interpretations are, are a little bit similar and a little bit different. Um, but that's cool. That's cool. That's nice. Maybe that's why we picked it. Maybe we just yeah. <laughs> we both thought yeah, that's right. But we had different <laughs> ideas of why it was right. But that's good though. That's different interpretations. I like it. Mm. So we titled the album "Headless Restless." What else are we doing, soon. James? Out soon. Probably early 2022, but TBC when we finish creating yeah. all the other behind-the-scenes content or whatever's coming with it. Oh, yeah, all sorts. Um, but, um, yeah, what else? I mean, I guess that is the biggest thing because we've been working on this album all year and it's it meant we're maybe a little bit quieter than we were at the start of the year when we were mm. in lockdown, chucking out singles and yeah. content all the time. Jam clips. We then said, oh, we've got all these songs, like, we want to do it as a cohesive thing. Um, and that took up a lot of time, mm. um, a lot of like attention and time. But I think that's, that's been worth it. Cause like, we've just got better at like 
better musicians, like better produced, better songs, better recorded. Like every, it's made like a big leap in progress, I think, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when we start our next album or EP or single or whatever we do, like we'll just be so much further forward than mm. um, than doing singles because it would, you know, just deeply focused on each bit. You got know I mean, deeply focused on the drums, deeply focused on the bass. But that meant that we disappeared a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we're back, baby. We're coming back. Um, we are coming back. With at least 12 new songs. Um, so that's cool. At least 12. Are you well, going to have more, I guess James? we released two. Well, we released two already, actually. So at least 10. <laughs> God, I've, I've scaled down the promises already. Oh, um, we've got a, um, a video coming out soon. Yeah, that's the next thing. <laughs> <day. laughs> that's the next thing after the old um, wine break. So... <laughs> Uh, so that's the album update. It's finished mixing. We are creating other content for it before we release it. So it should be released to our email list early next year, most likely. Um, mm. By the time everything is ready and we're past Christmas and stuff. So plug time. Um, if you're not on the email list, get on the it's email list. It's time to get on there now. Uh, um, probably to connecto.com. If not, just message us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, terrible marketing. That was, that was horrible. We lost so many people already. <laughs> <laughs> Message us on Facebook if you want to be on the email list, or um, yeah, go to our website and you'll be able to sign up there. Um, Thing is, they can't right now. That's that's why I said maybe. Yeah, you'll update it. <laughs> what? You'll update it before this podcast goes out. It'll be updated. Head of web. <laughs> when, when's it going out? Like next month. <laughs> <laughs> Harry's head of web. So um, head of web. <laughs> yeah. Head Hot of how? Head of IT. Head <laughs> hot. <laughs> Head of IT. Hall. Okay. I prefer CIO. Then it'd be CTO. Chief Tech Officer. Okay, yeah, fine. Head of Web. Head of WordPress. CTO. Um, so any website uh, changes go through here. We're getting lost, James. Anyway, um, you may have noticed those on video that we're drinking wine right now because you know, when in France, that's the saying, isn't it? Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. Because usually this is whiskey comment time. Now it's wine. Yeah, this is wine. I know nothing about wine, so neither do I. We're it's, learning. It's red and it's quite tasty. This one. But. Yeah, but what, but what you find out when you go to France is that all wine is cheap as fuck. So you basically get a bottle, and this one was like nine euros or something, and it's probably going to be quite nice. <laughs> More nice than what you get for like the same price in the UK. <laughs> so <laughs> here we are. I'm, I'm not ready for my next wine yet. That's fine. Um, but yeah, so that's happening, and related to the album is the Bitter Dreams, the long-awaited Bitter Dreams video. Uh, we released it as a single, don't even know when, August? No. No, September, okay. surely. Um, or maybe even later than that. God, my timeline's all over the place. But we released Bitter Dreams as a, sing- as a single at least a month or so ago. Yeah. Um, and it's out on Spotify now, if you want to listen to it. Um, one of the darker Toucan Echo tracks. <coughs> so if you want a bit of a different vibe, go check that out. Um, mm. But the video is ready, uh, and that should be coming out next week. So Next Harry. week, is it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Fine. Just throwing deadlines at you. The, the website's ready now. The, the uh, video's out next week. Um, so Harry, tell us about the Bitter Dreams video, as you've, you've championed this. You've, Good wine. You've seen it up through the Youth Academy. Now it's in the first scene. The Bitter Dreams video is an interesting one because Bitter Dreams is probably the darkest song that we've released as Tukaneko. Mm-hmm. And obviously we wanted the video to reflect that. So that coupled with our relatively recent purchase of a green screen, like led the obvious choice <laughs> um, to be 
dancing in front of a green screen with some cool <laughs> video effects. Mm-hmm. So like what we did for Blind When I See the Sun. So Blind When I See the Sun was a kind of more lighthearted song and therefore a more lighthearted video. Mm. Um, so this video, dark, spooky, scary, maybe even some jump scares in there. Who knows? Um, but uh, how, how can I explain it? I think just watch it when it comes out. It's going to be great. <laughs> it can't be described. <laughs> well, I, I, I could go ahead and list loads of influences, but I don't really know what my influences were. I just went in with no real plan. Mm. We kind of shot footage on a green screen and said, let's make it a bit creepy. So let's um, do some slow motion shots and let's do some... Um, there's the, the opposite effect where you film something slow... And then you speed it up to, to, mm. to like twice speed and it makes you look all creepy and sort of like quite distorted. So we did a bit of that. Um, then the edit where I go into a, um, a hole of self-loathing for about 100 hours and come out with a <laughs> fully formed video. <laughs> it's one of those things. Like we, we were talking about this quite a lot, James. Um, but um, because I'm still quite new to video editing, as I start a new project... And as I progress that through that project, I get better at video editing. Mm. <laughs> so the start of the video, um, I've, I always like look back and think, oh, no, I could have done all this cool stuff because I've mm. learned all the new skills by, by the end of the video. Um, and I think that's sort of reflected <laughs> when, when you watch the video. It sort of starts it a bit more amateurish <laughs> and the effects get better as, as it sort of goes on. <laughs> so you don't go back and update the old effects? That no, like... that's locked in. That's locked in. Mm. Um, I think the other thing was that we got a fancy ass camera, which is the one that those on YouTube are watching. Right I'm now. Saying hi to the camera. Yeah. Um, so that was really nice to edit with. Nice mm. footage. Um, still lo fi, because we're a lo fi band. We, we, we don't have high production value. <laughs> <laughs> we're a little bit more crisp than we were on yeah. phone cameras. Yeah, the thing that you can see, watch the slow motion shots of James's hair. Oh, like the, the fidelity <laughs> there is, un- is unreal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look out for that. I'll look out for that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, so that's coming out, so it's nice to put another music video out. Our, um, yeah. Anna, our fan on YouTube, will give us our latest music video review. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. <laughs> As, um, shout out to Anna if you're watching the podcast. Um, we're, we're looking forward to your next review of our music videos because they're always so detailed and so enthusiastic. I absolutely love them. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> so that's exciting. What else are we doing, James? Um, I Not guess... that this is news. Anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, so we've done, we've done the album. That's coming out soon. Sign up for the email list. Mm-hmm. Bit of Dreams video. Also coming out. That's the latest to Kaneko news. Um, I guess... Oh, those logs are like... Snow White. <laughs> that's hot. <laughs> I said, this is a very hot fire today. Mm. <clears throat> There's something about it. There's something about the composition of this fire that's really chucking out some heat. Um, what else? I mean, we're moving. I don't know if that's of interest to them. No. But yes, we're, we're well, moving out. If you're in Leeds, hit us up. We're moving there. Um, I mean, that is partly music focused. It's partly mm. to like free up a bit of living costs and move to like a good music scene in the UK. Not that London's a bad music scene, but for a sort of more starting out band like seems like leads a bit better a bit more tight-knit so 
Let's see how that goes, but that's very exciting. Um, but that we have to find a new practice space before we bring the uh, full band live stream back. Mm. Um, so that's happening after we're back from France, which is exciting. Um, what otherwise? Let, let's sort of go like what what music you've been listening to? What sort of what sort of stuff are you into right now? Um, I've, I've recently listened to a few albums. Um, Silk Sonic's album debut album has been quite good. Sonic. Silk Sonic. Silk Sonic. Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack coming together oh, to right. make a soulful supergroup. Oh, right. Recommend and listen, it's worth it. But it's quite short, but it's good. Who else? Damon Albarn of Blur and Gorillaz. Um, he released a solo album. That's good, worth a listen. Quite a bit more experimental than uh, stuff that he's done under his solo name previously. Mm. So that's good. Who else? Um, there's a band called Parcels that I quite like. They're sort of a funk group that was produced by... Dark Punk. Their album's alright. There's a great song called Famous on it, which is just happy as fuck, and I really enjoy that track. Um, what else have I been listening to? You go, James. I mean, I've just been mixing. <laughs> I've been listening to Teak and Echo non-stop for like the last two weeks. And reference um, songs. Yeah, some reference songs, which really takes the fun out of listening to music. <laughs> it's going, oh, I like this song you like, but why do How's the kick drum so much better than my track? That's basically my <laughs> listening to music. So I've had music that I like the mixes of. Mm -hmm. Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Um, oh. Bit bassy, but New Light by John Mayer. Um, and then sometimes more extreme stuff just to know just to know whether I'm going too far. So some Taylor Swift songs for the extreme treble. <clears throat> you listen to the red Taylor Swift version? No. Okay. I haven't listened to it either. It's on my list. Um... I quite liked, I listened to some of her, what was her first album? I don't remember. Because she's, she's doing it, she's, this is like the second one of her yeah. version. I listened to a bit of the new version of her first album. I can't remember the name of it. God. Um, but uh, I quite liked the new, I did think the mixes on the new one were better. Um, they just sounded better. Mm. Um, and she's like better singer now, but she's pretty good before, like <laughs> the old ones yeah. were pretty good. Um, although I was, I, was, I was streaming them to compare them and I was like oh do I get like in trouble for streaming the old one <laughs> am I going to get hounded by, <laughs> by, by someone by, by, the, by, by the swift on yeah, just like I'm sorry what are you doing you're not listening to Taylor's version um, <laughs> so what have I been listening to not yeah not really like extensive album listening sessions right now um, I'll hopefully get back into that once my ears have recovered from the onslaught of mm. of mixing um <clears throat> I'm I'm still into my same phases right now. Um, Joni Mitchell's my number one. I think recently the kind of best album listening experience I had was Blue. Like it's so cliche because everyone knows that Blue is like an amazing album, but mm. I hadn't actually listened to it all the way through before, um, and I just really liked it. Thought it was like really intense, personal, but like in a kind of catchy sort of songwritery way. I'm also listening to a Paul Simon audiobook right now, where Paul Simon talks through his whole uh, songwriting life. It's not really his life, but his like song creative life, which is so interesting to me. I love that. Um, yeah, I'm quite intrigued by that. He's like, <coughs> he's a genius. Like, <laughs> he is a genius. Um, how I, I, how old was he when he was in Simon and Garfunkel? That's a good question. Quite young. I think he's about eighty now. Yeah. And Simon and Garfunkel was like mid to late sixties. Yeah. So he could probably work it out. Oh, maths. Um, God. 25. Yeah. 
I don't think they were super young. I don't think yeah. they were like 19 or anything. Like, I think they were like late 20s or something. Because mm. um, then when he did Graceland he, in the 80s, he was about 40 something. Yeah. Um, That's wild. The songs he writes are just so good. Mm. Like, exactly. I, I, Simon and Garfunkel in particular, those songs just have some sort of quality to them. I always listen to them mm. and they're always just absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, well, maybe it's them singing together. Like, they, There's something about that. Mm. Mm. Like they always used to sing around the same mic, I think. Well, not always, but read like they would usually record them around the same mic because they just couldn't get the same sound, like recording them separately and putting really? it together. Um, and uh, I think it was it like in the box they recorded them like in the echo chamber. Like they actually like went in and sang in there or something. Really, um, which is maybe on the da da da. Not sure. Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting because he's a really meticulous like songwriter. Um, so like his analysis of his own songs is really good because he's he can talk you line by line and go like oh yeah. I meant that there and not that and like this mm. is a double meaning and so from a being interested in songwriting point of view to hear like a great song to break break it down like that is is like really interesting <laughs> um, yeah. because um, I've said before but like hit, listening to his songs gives somehow like with not that many words paints quite a vivid picture for me and quite <clears throat> like being able to match like an just an emotion or a, a kind of true like uh, human sort of emotion through also like painting a picture or also just pointing out like a detail in in a story and you go and, and he's not quite saying something literally he's, that he's sort of inferring something but it, it makes mm. sense it's very hard to <laughs> articulate how I feel about Paul Simon songs yeah but, well, for instance in this audiobook like Sting was talking about um, the song America yeah and he says like it's sort of if you if if it was done by like a songwriter who wasn't as skilled as Paul Simon, it would be it's very easy to make that kind of um, too grandiose or almost like corny. Like I'm going to find America, but like he does it through like describing really specific details of like the trip. So it's, it's it makes it really immersive. It's all like a pack of cigarettes and it's like so and so's pies and I fell asleep on a bus and stuff. Yeah. And then like the choruses are like just walked yeah. off to look for America, like. Yeah, it's so, more the, the sort of gritty detail. Yeah, so which paints a picture of like a road trippy yeah. kind of sort of thing. Um, is, that, is that why Sting wrote English Man in New York? Did he do it in a similar style? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, Sting does it a little bit as well. Yeah, Sting's he does. a little bit more like, to me, he's more like short stories. Yeah. So his line's a bit more punchy, I think. Yeah. Um, so I say like the first lines of like police songs are always like, just launch you straight into the story. Like, here's the plot. <laughs> Um, which you can do like message in a bottle or like yeah. um, uh, what's the other one every little thing she does is magic or don't stand so close to me that's the one yeah. don't stand so close yeah, to so me yeah so he can like in a, yeah. a couple of words like just set up a situation I don't think Paul Simon does that as much but he probably does a bit mm. um, but even the first line of the boxer he was talking like I'm just a poor boy my story is seldom told and he's like I don't sing it like that now because I don't think it's authentic for me to sing it like that now so, it's like, <laughs> so I used to be able to sing it like that and embody the character but now he mm. now he goes like my poor boy <laughs> um, and, you'll, and if you watch him play it now like he does sing it that way so he's, it's the level of detail and thought that goes into like his yeah. songs are what I really like that's it's, fantastic I put I mean and also he talks oh, I'm just ranting about Paul Simon now Wait, carry on. also he talks about this idea that like the songs didn't come from him it came through him like bridge over troubled water and stuff he's like it's that that was like say the first one that it just it, you're sort of a 
conduit for it and you're kind of just capturing it rather than like really going, I came up with Bridge Over <coughs> Trouble, like <coughs> I created that song. It's sort of like that song came to me and I like managed to capture it and transmit it properly. I, I, I relate to that in any creative pursuit though. Yeah. With the Bitter Dreams video, I... Equally, I I, 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 I'm, I'm talking about creative yeah, pursuits. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm joking. My... <laughs> <laughs> My, um... My process was just sort of fumbling around in Final Cut Pro, mm. trying to find cool effects. I don't see much kind of. I didn't really mm. intend to make that, but when I saw something, I was like, "Let's keep that," and that works well with this other bit that I randomly came across. Mm. Feels it's. I put a lot mm. of work into it, but it feels a bit disingenuous saying that's mine. Mm. It was a lot of kind of trial and error, sort of mm. navigating through a path. Maybe that's different to a song just coming down through like an antenna kind of mm. receiving thing but I can relate to that mm. I can relate to that feeling of not um, honestly being able to take full credit for a song mm. yeah and especially when you write something that iconic like and that that good it's you, yeah. find, you very rarely find maybe like I was going to say maybe Noel Gallagher's like that but not really like even he says like oh that just like I just kind of came up with it and it wasn't really like he sort of describes everyone. He's like, you've got me, Bono, Chris Martin. We're all just fishing. <laughs> fishing. <laughs> just trying to trying to catch it before Chris Martin gets it. <laughs> like, <laughs> the next like, great melody, if you get what I mean. And he's That's just so like, got a, that like, antenna for it. Um, so it's very interesting, because that comes up with like, a lot of songwriters talking that way. Um, and I'd say it's an experience that I'm getting like more and more. Although, at the same time, I would say like, I don't feel like the songs that I write just were written in the air and are like they're not very general. They feel very specific to like how I feel, but at the same time, I don't write them that consciously. So people go like, "Oh, what's that song about?" It's like it's very hard for me to just say this is exactly what this is exactly what I intended when I wrote it because like it's sort of fifty percent intention. I kind of it's like it's like getting chucked a piece of marble and you just kind of it's a bit warped. And you go like, oh, well, that looks a bit like a dog. And then you just do the last bits to make it into a dog. <laughs> so I didn't decide it to be a dog. I just noticed it looked a bit like a dog and then finished it off. That's marble great. sculpture of a dog. Oh, that, oh, this bit of marble looks a bit like a dog, so I'll just finish it off. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's what my process is like. It's not as elegant. <laughs> but it's, it's like, I'm, that's why half of our stuff's sort of made up on the spot, at least in the initial form, and then like, kind of refine the words a bit and tidy mm. it up a bit. But some of the songs on the album are literally, the, uh, there's a song on the album called um, Tokyo Finance Illusions. And that is basically lifted from a jam that we did, like mm. the whole thing. Um, because like for fun in the jam, I threw in like a little fragment of a song that never got finished from like university days. Um, and then went back into the riff because mm. we were just jamming. And then that is what the song is now, like that just worked. So it's almost transcribing what your subconscious just throws out. Um, so yeah anyway long round but I've not been listening to that much music but I'm really into the just great songwriters right now that what's, um, what's that Paul Simon book called? Uh, Miracle and Wonder it's an audio book on Audible um, and yeah and he's interviewed by people who are like quite into the sort of not just into music as a fan but like into asking him the really detailed questions like mm. and doing like research around it as well like oh was this chorus from here like 
related to your Jewish upbringing because it sounds a lot like this Jewish folk song and stuff like yeah. it's, it, it's quite in the weeds but like it's great to get in the weeds with you love that with yeah. like um, um, absolute icon yeah an iconic person <laughs> yeah. yeah wow so yeah um, problem is hard to find I do find it hard to find stuff that's as satisfying as Joni Mitchell Paul Simon Neil Young like the Beatles I just love that stuff Grateful Dead I mm. find it hard to top that stuff like even my I got quite obsessed with the white stripes and stuff but that's more of a sound and a vibe than like pure like songwriting like <clears throat> human experience captured in song <laughs> and do you, do you think I mean how much of that is because the music's old is it is it at all because the music's old? Is it is your sense of enjoyment warped by the fact that it's like old music and a bit more immortalized? I can't say. Um, I don't know. I, mm. My general experience is that I think it's I think I just like that style of music. I like I just yeah, okay. I'm not necessarily saying yeah. it's um, conclusively better. I think like. I just listened to a lot of the Beatles and Queen and stuff when I was younger and that's like for my taste and therefore like hopping around other bands of that sort of era rather than now like just connects with me a bit more because like oh that mm. sounds like what I'm familiar with or like I enjoy it's probably more where it comes from than like mm. the songs are better but I have the you know usually people of the slightly like older generation may have the same thing of just like oh this music gives me that thing but like I can't find mm stuff that came out yesterday that gives me that thing um, yeah but like no I still I still connect with them songs and albums that come out more, like recently but um, it doesn't for some reason it doesn't get me like like that I think I think um, the reason I ask is because when I I'm, I'm, I'm listening to Spotify and a random song comes on on a playlist or a radio or whatever mm. and I'm liking the song and I see that it's released in like 1972 or something mm. I instantly get like oh that's that's like great like, I, I instantly feel more drawn to that song I mm. think more highly of it and I don't know why mm. um, I'm trying to figure that out but mm. it could be because it makes it a bit more original if it's really old or um, here's a thought that I just had is because the 70s and 60s were so different to how we are how we live right now you feel more transported by the music. You're transported into a more different time. Maybe. And that's sort of that, I mean, mm. that, that, that's a lot of what I look to get out of music is being taken away and transported somewhere. Mm. So maybe it's that. Mm. I don't know. If yeah, I don't know. I'm into guitar music as well. Yeah. And I said the peak mm. of guitar music was 60s and 70s, really, in terms of like that was just when it was like mainstream. You mm. had lots of like iconic people. It was a gold like golden era of music. There were a lot of great yeah. bands there, but. I don't know. It's it's, and I can definitely go like on um, Spotify Discover and find like songs I like. Um, but yeah, as a music fan, I do enjoy the the history of like the albums as well, mm. and the like stories around it, and the mm. photos, and, and the fact you have to like dig a little bit to find out about it. Um, so I do enjoy that side a bit, but don't know, just not exclusively. But I'd say generally, I gravitate back towards that stuff. Because partly the way it's recorded as well is all like in a room, so I, I find it quite immersive. I feel like I'm in a studio and like I, I like the sounds, like the style of the sounds a bit more, like when it's a bit less 
produced and separated from that kind of thing. Mm. But hey, it's annoying because all my favourite bands are dying or dead. <laughs> Can't go and see them. <laughs> Gotta go try and see the Grateful Dead at some point. I think that'd be incredible. Yeah, that'd be great. Dead and comfy. Oh, they need to tour. <laughs> we look them up and they're only playing in one random resort in America. <laughs> and they're they doing do a few more now. Yeah. Oh, they it's opened up a bit more, but yeah, it's all in America right now. Yeah. Because, yeah, COVID situation. But hey, that's music. Quite enjoying, like, artsy films right now. We've watched one or two films. Mm. We watched. What was that Chinese film called? Sun? Sun. The Sun? Sun? Yeah, I think it was called Sun. Like the Sun. Um, that was good. That was really good. On Netflix. Then we watched. Um, Perfect. <laughs> Then I watched Clockwork Orange, which was the second time I watched it, and I, I enjoyed it. It was traumatising. That was a traumatising film. Makes me want to read the book, though. I almost, at least I had the kind of artsiness of the film to take me away from the horrors of the plot. Mm. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what I love about that film. And also 2001, um, because Stanley Kubrick directed them both, and he did 2001 in 1968. Mm. And then Clockwork Orange in 1971. Yeah. And they're very similar in their sort of shots. Every shot is just a fantastic looking scene. Mm. And that, to your point, distracts a bit from the traumatic content. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Particularly in Clockwork Orange. Feature, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did feel a bit shaken by that film. I know I was meant to feel shaken. Um, yeah. But I ended up, ended up enjoying it. But mostly for the... They're quite weird. They're quite like... Mm. that's quite weird um, so yeah that's, that's kind of kind of where where I'm at I don't have much else like music <coughs> music stuff going on need to start listening start listening to a bit more I'm following rugby a bit more right now getting back into like sport following a bit mm-hmm. trying to like follow my instinct a bit more if you get what I mean yes generally I agree I'm bad at it I'm bad at it, but I'm trying to get better at it. Like, I question myself all the time. But, like, uh, yeah, right now there's, like, England rugby matches on. I'm quite enjoying following sort of the build-up to it and stuff, which haven't for a while. Um, not extensively, but I just sort of, like, look it up a bit each day. Um, Great shit. Yeah. But rugby's hard because, like, you can't really, like, get back into playing it that easily without, like, breaking your shoulder <laughs> every yeah. weekend. And taking steroids. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like club rugby is quite rough. <laughs> yeah. Remember like how that uni used to play, play for like yeah. a local team and he's like mm. first match he played. I mean, he was massive yeah. and he ended up in like the centre or something because he was one of the smaller people playing. It's like everyone there was just huge at this like club game. It's like, oh my God, I would get annihilated. <laughs> but he was just like, I was a, a rough on my first game. Someone just punched me in the face. <laughs> Just like That's welcome classic. to sort of <laughs> Saturday yeah. morning like casual rugby. <laughs> it's just like oh, I love the game of rugby. But I can never do that. <laughs> sort of like half bar fight, half sport. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I enjoy watching it. I think it's a great game. Mm. What do you think of this wine? Wine review to close off the podcast. I think I the last one. Really? This mm. one's a bit softer. I'm trying to get. Ah, here we go. Syrah. That's the grape that we're drinking right now. I think that's very important because the one we, were ha- we had previously was like 97% Merlot. Um, and this is Syrah. So note, Syrah is softer than Merlot. What, softer in what way? In the way that you can taste right now. So I'd say I've tasted this one as being like more sour. Really? Yeah. 
I got mellow vibes from it. We get what? <laughs> get mellow? Well, we've we've got much to learn, James. We're obviously not on the same page here. <laughs> I definitely poured it from the same bottle. Maybe it was sommelier. <laughs> yeah, please, please let us know. Please, please tell us. I'm still saying compare. I don't think it's sour, but compared to the last one. Right. Well, there we go. I've been Harry. <laughs> I've been James, and this has been wine, and it's caused confusion. And that's the Tikaneko podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> have a good night. We're about to have some dinner, um, watch the first episode of The Wheel of Time, which I'm hyped about. Hype, hype, hype. Um, but before that, we've got to plan the behind the scenes of the album. Anyway, have a good night, everyone. Uh, thanks for watching the video or listening to the podcast. Thank you. Um, we appreciate you all. And we'll see you soon. Bye. <clears throat> <sighs> <sighs>